Hello everyone, and welcome to C-View Quantum Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Pareko. We are cosmic beings, beings of light. A moment of your time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. We are honored every time we've received a moment of your time. We are honored, privileged, and humbled. We serve in your presence. Our shows are held on Mondays and Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern U.S. Time, 9 a.m. Pacific. At any moment to participate on our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. All podcasts are easily found in all social media and are available free, live, or on demand. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareco at cview1111 at gmail.com or visit our website, cview1111.net. Now, let's listen to our host and topic of the day. Thank you, Danny, and welcome everybody to see you. Today we have Ready to Heal Now with our host, Betsy Sawyer-Kaling, and her special guest of the day, Jamie Price. Host Betsy started her own journey into alternative healing at the age of 23, after being suddenly diagnosed with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. After that, her journey of the life started, and she started visiting and meeting the most beautiful, interesting, and um, out-of-this-world people like the one we're going to have today, Jamie Price. But let's bring Betsy to the show, to the air, so she can tell us more about her own journey and present the, the guest of the day. Betsy, welcome, and Jamie, welcome. Thank you, Claudia. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us today on Ready to Heal Now. Um, My guest today is Jamie Price. I'm really excited to be interviewing you, Jamie, because um, her style of healing is very unique, and um, I find it It's been very profound for me. And after uh, dealing with health issues starting at age 23 and um, working with a lot of different modalities um, to just heal and and work with the symptoms that I've um, had, um, I find what Jamie does um, very um, deeply healing and not in a way that um, you necessarily would know right away. It kind of hits you. Um, But my guest is an energy healer. She's a channel. She's an author and a teacher. Um, She practices crystalline soul healing. She channels healing energy in the form of light language, and she channels messages from Arion, the Lyran Council of Time, Uh, And those help us with our ascension into the fourth and fifth dimensions. Uh, So, Jamie, welcome. Hello, Betsy. Thank you for having me. I I am so happy to talk to you today. And I I wanted, um, you are um, a fellow Ohioan, Ohioan, um, and and so, and and being from um, Ohio myself, the Midwest, you have like a sensibility that's familiar to me. Um, and so you're doing something that's really kind of um, out of the realm of the ordinary. And I just wanted to find out, you know, how did you get into this? Where, tell me a little bit about yourself and mm. your background and growing up in Ohio. Nice. Well, I, I was um, just there when I was little. And um, yet I think the what you're referring to is probably my groundedness and practicality with something that is so weird and out there. Um, I did not start out as a psychic child, and I love that there's so many different journeys that we all have 
um, I was very sensitive as a child, but I shut it down early on to deal with the dysfunctional environment that I was in. And as it started opening up, I didn't realize what was happening. Um, And even around the time of the harmonic convergence, which I knew nothing about at the time, my psychic senses were starting to naturally open. And so I would And can you say when that was? Can you just say when that was? The harmonic convergence was in 1987. And I did not know anything about it. I was raised in the South. And um, after we left Ohio, we were just, my whole family is Southern. I was the only one that was born in the North. And uh, we were there because my father was getting, he was going to school there. And so, um, you know, I was raised in the South in the Bible Belt. And I, I was not familiar with any kind of psychic work I had read um, like a little teen novel where they mentioned astral projection and I thought wow that's really cool I'm going to try to do that and of course I couldn't and uh, that was my only exposure and when I was 17 in 1987 I started having visions and I started hearing things in my head that would be proven within a few hours. And they were odd things, not something that I would typically think. Like I'd be going somewhere and I would suddenly get this thought in my head, so-and-so is going to be there. And I'd think, wow, that's so weird. Why? I haven't even thought about that person in a long time. Sometimes it was even just an acquaintance and I was driving to another state for a class that I was going to take. And when I would get there, it would be proven to be true. So my psychic senses were opening, and that grew over time. But in the beginning, I couldn't make it happen, and I couldn't make it not happen, and I didn't even realize a lot of what was going on. Finally, it became much clearer to me that my psychic senses were opening up. And once once it got to the point where I could utilize it on my own will, then I just became obsessed with healing and um, didn't know anything about chakras or anything like that, but my guides would teach me about healing myself, and then I would heal my friends and family first without telling them, and then later I started practicing on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Can it, I ask it, you a question? Mm-hmm. When, you, um, when you started... Um, to know that you could do something, how did you bring it into um, under your control, I guess I would say? Well, um, the first time that happened, I woke up feeling sick, like I was going to get a cold or a flu or something. And um, I had this impulse to run my hand over my body about a couple of inches above my body and my, I would get to a place that would be hot, even though I wasn't touching my body. It would, I could feel a heat on my hand. And then I would start to see this gray energy leaving my body and going into my hand. And eventually wow. I would just turn my hand up to release it. And none of this was, I wasn't familiar with energy healing at all. So that impulse I now know was coming from my guides, my higher self, to just naturally tap into hands-on healing, something that's available to all of us, um, or shifting our energy. And I then, after doing that for, I don't know, 10 minutes, um, I fell back asleep just a little bit and woke up feeling fine. And then I started doing that to my friends and family. Whenever someone would say, oh, I'm not feeling well, I'd be like, oh, what's wrong? And then I'd do work on them without them knowing And then they would be fine. And um, I later tried different scenarios. Like I I had the impulse when I was feeling badly one time to, uh, instead of running my hand over my body, I would visualize like a laser light moving through me, almost like a scan. And Mm -hmm. um, if I would see anything that didn't look right, like there would be um, darkness or if the scan would stop moving, I would just watch that. And I tried a bunch of different things, and they all worked, you know, using wind instead of light and, and all kinds of things. And it was so part of my guide teaching me. Well, it was part of my guide teaching me. Did these things just come to you? 
It was but part of my guide. Go teaching. to a class. <laughs> no, it was part of my guides teaching me. So the impulses are thought patterns that you receive psychically, or the um, just like the clear audience that came in. So and so is going to be at this place. This was right. that faster impulse, the clairnosis. So it seemed like, oh, I just have this idea. I'm going to try running my hand over my head, even though it wasn't that linear, but right. it was an, an impulse. It's a psychic sense. Right. I guess I'm, what I'm getting at is because I'm trying to kind of relate this to people who don't have these feelings, or they, you're saying it's your guide, but for a person mm-hmm. who doesn't, we all have guides. Yep. Been to that? Yes. Is there any um, insight you can give about how you tapped into that or it just came kind of naturally to you and you realized it was uh, a guide, a guidance? It it came naturally and I eventually realized it. Um, the in, in my book, Opening to Light Language, I go into much more detail about this because it's way too long of a story to encapsulate in, in a short time frame. But the... The, the communication is always there for us. It's just a matter of recognizing it because you're constantly getting impulsed information from your higher self, which is just the 99% invisible you, or your guides. And those two in many ways are interchangeable because there is a resonance with you that is continual. And it's most often through our emotions, our inspirations, our impulses. And then for those that are aware of their clairaudience or their clairsentience or their clairnosis, clairvoyance, then the messages will come in different ways. But whether you are consciously receiving the messages or not, you are being communicated with because 99% of you is outside of the realm of our linear physicality. 1% of us is this physical body. This is a ratio that is found throughout the universe that Ariane talks about, the Lyran Council of Time that I channel, they talk about it through the subatomic model and taught me that way. So if if you're familiar with my work, you've probably, um, if you're on my newsletter, you've probably seen the, the post that I've done explaining that called the natural pull of life where we are constantly being impulsed information, at the very least, because 99% of our own resonance, our unique identity, is outside of the range of our physical perception. In my case, the, the communication that I was given was pertinent to my life path, just as everybody's information will be pertinent to theirs. So some will be inspired to art, some will be inspired to connect with someone or to cr- create something um, physical like a rocket. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's constant, the communication that we are in with life. Everyone is a channel because we are all receiving and emitting information. What I was discussing was the information that I was receiving that put me on this path of, being just obsessed with healing and ultimately our ascension process because that's what was occurring for me. Things that had been shut down were opening up naturally as the timing was ripe with the harmonic convergence. And Mm -hmm. around that same time, pretty soon after that, I also left that home environment, which is another thing that I talk about in the book, because it initiated a lot of changes Whenever you shift things in your life, whether it's moving to a new location or a job or divorce or graduation from something, you are shifting what resonance is available to you. And what was occurring at that time was information to heal myself and ultimately help others heal as well. Let me ask you a question now about the resonance because – one thing that I find that you do is when you give a message and it's it's detailed and if I sit and I read it a few times, it's so precisely worded that I 
can I can follow you. And a lot of times, people who um, are not used to this conversation, <laughs> they can't really follow because it's um, they're not they're not there. So I want to talk about resonance and mm-hmm. what that is. And I and yeah. I want you to explain a little bit more too about the. Ninety-nine percent and the one percent. That's something that you told me that um, hit me very profoundly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, um, Ariane brought me that message in 2010 before they were working with me directly. They they didn't have the name Ariane. Uh, they were working with me directly. Sorry, they were channeling. They were not at that time channeling through directly being identified in that way, even though I was already channeling at the time. Um, so they brought that message in 2010, and they said, um, we're going to lay out a metaphor for this, and we want you to retain this because it's, it applies to all things in life. That ratio of 99% space and 1% matter is a, a, a ratio, a pattern, or a formula that is specific to the physical expression that we're experiencing. So our physical bandwidth of what we can utilize with our senses, what we can see, hear, taste, touch, and smell, that bandwidth is about 1% of the actual. And 99% of that actual is just outside the realm of our physical senses. So that same ratio applies to everything. And then not too long after that, I found the work of Nassim Haramein, which is, uh, he's a physicist that worked with some other physicists, uh, Elizabeth Rauscher, I believe his name is David Hyde, I could be wrong about that, um, to do the math, essentially. They saw this as well, and they did the math on it, which I cannot do. <laughs> I'm not that good well, at that. No, I'm kidding. I- so it's, I want it's to something that is there. We can we can see this reference. Our resonance of what we're available to in that one percent is based mm-hmm. on the totality of our vibration. So what we see, hear, taste, touch, and smell is based on our belief structures, our thoughts, our emotions, our um, expectations, and how we are vibrating into this world. What that then um, means? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to ask a question. If you could, um, I thought it might be clear if you can use the example that I was using, which which really hit me hard. Um, talking about boundaries and how that presents yes. itself in the one percent and the ninety nine percent. That's exactly what I was going to use. That's exactly what I was going to use. So what's available to us in our 1% is our belief structures, our thoughts, and emotions. So think about when we are young, we're around our caregivers that are basically giving us those beliefs, some very consciously, like don't do this and, and do that. Others we're just picking up subconsciously. So at that time, we're mostly in the subconscious mind until about seven years old. So all of the information that we're receiving, 99% of it is subliminal. 99% of it is beyond what's the, the physical senses because we're not yet cognitive. As, as cog- cognitive, we're growing that. So everything applies to that 99% and 1%. The example that I gave with you is the boundaries. 99% of your boundaries are energetic. They are your thoughts, your emotions, your belief systems, your expectations. 1% of your boundaries are your actions of saying yes or no. And from our physical perspective, it seems like the exact opposite, especially in the time where you have to hold a boundary with someone. It feels like it's 1,000% your effort and 0% help from others. (laughs) But the reality is 99% of that is that response to what is in your energy field because that's the biggest part of you. We are, even if you look at the functionality of the subconscious mind, um, Bruce Lipton Lipton has this in his book, The Biology of Belief, 
where when you look at a picture, less than 1% of that comes into your conscious mind. And your subconscious mind at that time is processing a massive amount of information that it's picking up. Now, I see this energetically um, walking through the street, for example. When we are walking past people, we are picking up 99% of their information subconsciously. We know things. But 1% of it comes into our consciousness. And what the path of ascension is about is becoming much more conscious with the subtle realm. It's always been there. We've always been interacting with it. Now we're becoming more conscious of that. Instead of, why are people acting like this towards me, we're having to look at, what are some of the patterns that I'm seeing? What is it making me feel? How can I shift from my own resonance, because resonance is what's always important, how can I shift from my own resonance so that I'm starting to affect that 99% information that's like, the world is a scary place, it's a dog-eat-dog world, um, better be careful when you do this that you learn from your parents or something. You know, it's the 99% mm-hmm. of that information. So the ascension path is about shifting your resonance so that you're grounded in reality, but you're also expanded into the subtle realm consciously. So it's a, it's a coming to terms with some of that 99% information that's within you and making the conscious, conscious choice. What do I really believe? What do I really expect? And if I'm unsure about something, how can I find something authentic? Like maybe I don't believe yet that this is, a, that this is an abundant world. So what can I find that's a step closer to that? Oh, I can actively create my abundance um, in this way or that way. So, so you are working with that 99% information in order to become more consciously interactive with the subtle realm, that 99% part of you. So, do, so in your crystalline healing, is, is that part of what you're doing? You're making the 99% um, energy conscious to us? that we're not really aware of where it came from or what it is? Yes, yes. Uh, There's another article on my website that talks about my healing intent so that that helps with this as well. Um, So crystalline soul healing, and light language is similar to this, and I'll kind of connect the two. Crystalline soul healing is a process that I developed um, somewhat concurrently as light language was starting to develop. Um, crystalline soul healing is an alchemical template that essentially works like a uh, a computer uh, virus scan and it works through your higher self the 99% part of you and it checks for certain things and it's a huge list of things that it checks for and if your higher self deems that that should change then it shifts that information. So it's working with that 99% part of you to clear up some of those beliefs that are, for example, related to whatever someone is is working on healing at that time. The connection with the higher self and and utilizing that 99% part of us is the new paradigm of healing to me, it, where this really honors that each individual has a wisdom within them that's natural. And what humanity is going through is expanding that 1% ability to focus with the physical senses into more information because we're utilizing the subtle senses as well. And crystalline soul healing works with that subtle aspect of the self for the self to decide, even though many times it's on an unconscious level, although during sessions people will usually pick up things, as I am doing as well, to help heal that 99% resonance. Light language works similarly, even though it's a separate modality, where we're communicating information that is nonlinear in nature, and so it's working through the higher self 
to help align the human self more with that conscious coherence that is the, the connective nature of life. When we're doing that, we're shifting the overall resonance and that 99% information that we may be unaware of but that is building our physical experience. Okay. So now when you're, when you're using this computer program, how does that work? It is working It's obviously with not a computer program. Right, right, but it's right. your like that. It's an it's an alchemical template. This is something that's very natural to us. We we speak higher self to higher self constantly, just not consciously. So the crystalline soul healing template, which is similar to what light language does, except the crystalline soul healing template is looking for specific things, even though they're broad in nature. Um, the crystalline soul healing template is speaking higher self to higher self in order to shift the information through the higher self, not through my decision as a healer, but through the higher self. The human self has some say in that, but the higher self is is the leader of that because much of that information is unconscious to the human self. It's just outside of the range of our conscious understanding. So when a human comes for a healing and they want to work on something specific, the, we have we matter, you know, we get a choice. But the part of ourselves, that 99% aspect of the self, is leading some of our choices because it's the part of self that is still connected in with the oneness. So it's the higher self that initiates any of the changes that the crystalline soul healing template would make. Same thing with light language. The higher self truly initiates any release or activation that occurs. And this is something that is always occurring. It just wasn't as known to people before how much we are interacting in subtle ways constantly. Even while you sleep, your subconscious mind is working, your higher self is working, your human body is resting and rejuvenating. So all the crystalline soul healing template does is it gives a direct focus to the human self to connect with the higher self and release and activate based on the blending of the choice of the human and the choice of the higher self. Now, this happens, this happens all the time, though. This is something that we're, we're constantly doing. And uh, if you notice things like, oh, I was just thinking about this, and then this song started, it's part of that mm-hmm. higher self connecting with you and um, constantly co-creating your life with you and directing you in ways and informing you in ways that will help the human consciousness make choice. Let me ask you, can you um, talk about any specific cases of healing that you can share um, that kind of illuminate what you're doing? Yeah, so um, the, the ones that stand out most to people are the ones that are physical. Um, so I've, I've seen people have very physical healings like um, straightening up of, of the leg that was all bent and they were um, uh, limping on the leg and, and seeing that leg straighten up. I've had people I would that, love to hear more about that specific one. I, I've had people that have had remissions from physical diseases, and yet, by the same token, I've had people that have not. It is sometimes things that come out in layers and it's sometimes things that come out over time or sometimes things that the person continues to go through. So there's physical healing that's available. Most often what I focus on is the mental and emotional because to me that's the most profound because it Mm -hmm. is the 99% information that is leading to our physical expression. So... um, 
most often people are experiencing things like more emotional peace or more clarity, um, inspiration to do certain things differently. And this is part of that functionality of working with the higher self rather than the human forcing outcomes. When I first started doing healing work, I would see a lot of drastic physical healings. And then what I started noticing probably in the mid-2000s, about four, five, six, something like that, what I started Mm -hmm. noticing is the physical healings weren't either as dramatic or sometimes they wouldn't stick. And that was different than what had been occurring just a few years earlier. And so I asked my guides because I was used to them talking me through all the healings and giving me information. And I said, um, what did I do wrong? Why did this happen? Somebody had had a really amazing healing physically and then came back a little while later and it it had regressed some. Mm -hmm. So um, I asked them, what did I do wrong? You know, basically what... I should have done something better, and that would have made a better healing. Even though consciously I was like, oh, yeah, I don't create the healings. So, right. But when something went wrong, I took responsibility. So um, <laughs> I asked them that, and they said, you, um, you can no longer control the healing as much because humanity has moved to another level of responsibility. So you will have to teach alongside because now they will have to make more direct choices in their lives that affect how their life is manifesting. And so that whole experience was extraordinarily illuminating. Not only did I discover I was feeling responsible for people's healings unconsciously, Mm -hmm. but recognizing that we were moving into another layer of personal responsibility was extremely helpful because there, nothing had changed in what I was doing, but the healing started changing. And I've seen us go through these layers over time. And this is why it's so much more exciting to me to teach empowerment and teach the, the power that we have within us rather than just focus on what the healing can do because you can have three people with the exact same causes, they've had tests, they were all exposed to the same chemical, let's say, and energy healing may affect all three of those differently, where one has a miraculous healing, one has a a progression, and one doesn't show any kind of outward healing. It's all effective, it's just that their life path and their choices are part of the equation, and we can't take that out. I know that there are um, healing modalities and people that help. I experience it as well. But we have to start empowering our own healing ability and creating that connection with the power that's within us, that 99% power, that higher self more than just what the modality does, because this is what ascension is about, the power that's within us. Right, right. Well, I would like to ask you um, to talk a little bit about um, the one of the first things you do. Now, you don't, do you work, um, I know you do distance healing, and that's what I've done with you since you're in Arizona and I'm in New York. Um, do you do um, one-on-one in-person healing or, or really just distance? I just do distance healing now. You know, I I okay. didn't. I just don't have a setup for it anymore because I just haven't really needed it. So um, just on the phone or Skype. So one of the one of the first things that you do with people, and and you did it with me, is um, something called axiotonal alignment. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? I found that very profound for me. Yes, yes, I did as well. Um, My healing ability had already opened up. I was already working with people. But when I had an axiotonal alignment was when the light language started coming through. Um, It is, 
it is something that I found very profound in my own experience, and the axiotonal system is natural to everyone. It's actually like our universal meridian system or the macrocosm of the microcosmic meridian system that's in our body. So um, that particular process is really profound for opening up that broader flow of cosmic energies or higher frequency energies. They're just outside the realm of our physical spectrum. On, on a universal scale, flowing more directly into our body. So it's part of our expansion into cosmic consciousness, into this next layer of physicality, which is still physical, but we're starting to implement more of the rules of the subtle realm or universal laws. So it helps with things like um, the physical body rejuvenating, um, it doesn't get rid of all the ascension symptoms, but it helps with those. It doesn't get rid of all disease, but it's helping, just like acupuncture would. Uh, it mm-hmm. is helping the flow of the body on an energetic level and, of course, then a physical level because that is how we are always affected. It helps with the intuition and um, being more cohesive as a being and there's even different forms of it. You know, the, the reconnection is an axiotonal alignment. Um, I've, I've come across some other people that do a different form of it. I, I think they call it an axiotonal alignment. They all work. Um, and it's something that if you never got the process done, over time your axiotonal system would activate, whether it's in this lifetime, who knows. But um, over time it would activate eventually on its own. Uh, we just Can you explain what it is? Can you explain what it is you're doing? I know you explained it to me about how we are um, out of we're out of balance. We're out of alignment with um, the way energy should be flowing into our bodies. And this well, puts us in the. Um, can you explain that? Ultimately, I would say we're out of resonance with it. Um, the the explanation of it is just what I gave. It's the macrocosmic uh, meridian system. You know, the meridian system that that is used in Eastern medicine that we use for acupuncture. This is the macrocosmic or the 99% invisible part of that. And as we connect that, you could even look at some of the things that would happen with acupuncture. You know, you may go for uh, treatment because something's wrong with your liver. And it will improve the flow of the liver, but it's also going to improve the emotions and the thought patterns that are resonant with the liver, like anger. Um, So it is similar to that. It is the macrocosmic or the universal meridian system that helps flow those cosmic energies, those universal energies, we are of the universe, into our energy field and therefore our physical body. Okay. The alignment part of it is actually bringing your body into resonance with it and clearing any connections to it that may not be flowing well. Okay. Um, nice. I wanted to ask you, too, about um, ascension. Can you just explain a little bit about what's going on um, yes. and how how you're working with it? Yes, I, um, ascension is a very natural process. It is a process of evolution. And what our ascension means is that we're coming into conscious connection with the subtle realm. This is why for such a long time there's been so much more focus around your thoughts and your emotions, like the work of Abraham Hicks. Because that subtle realm interaction has always been there, but now we're evolved to a point that we're ready for that conscious connection with it. We're ready to start utilizing more of that 99% of the invisible engine that builds the world. So ascension is just our conscious connection with that. And often we'll hear people talk about, oh, we're moving into 4D or 5D or however many numbers of D. 
that they talk about because it, it varies. You know, actually setting those right. dimensional numbers is just uh, it's just a random reference that we all agree upon. Um, the the best terminology that um, Ariane likes to use is we are moving into fourth density, which they talk about in the Law of One. They talk about that in um, some other places as well. But fourth density still is physical, which means there's still separate physical bodies, but it's a much more connected state of that. And when people talk about 4D, like the fourth dimension or fifth dimension rather than density, those are ultimately subsets of fourth density. The difference is when you talk about density, you're talking about your resonance. When you talk about dimensions, you're talking about your perspective, what we experience in the external, because dimensions are just rules that give us reference for what we're experiencing. So 4D, or fourth dimensional expression, as Ariane likes to call it, is about time or movement. And time or movement is something that's constant in the physical realm. We are always going through change. That's, why, that's what time is about. It marks change. And um, fifth dimensional expression is about connection or seeing the connection in all things, experiencing the connection. So, for example, as an empath, you are aware of the connection that you have with the energies that are around you, the emotions that you may feel from others or the... Um, the, the discomfort that you may pick up in an uncomfortable area or the joy that you may feel in a, a con- conducive area. So the, that connection is becoming much more obvious to us and that is a big part of what ascension is about, that we start seeing beyond just the physical senses into the connection that is, throughout our world and even into our universe. So I would love to hear more about how you started uh, channeling messages from Arion. Mm. And what that is exactly. Explain exactly what that is. Yes. So um, once my psychic senses started opening up and I started working with people, I, I realized I was a natural channel. It had first started by hearing those conversations in my head with my guides. Mm-hmm. And um, then when, and I would sometimes do automatic writing because that just seems like such an easy way to get a flow of information out. Um, I was not really interested in being a voice channel, and yet sometimes, um, so I would kind of keep it suppressed. When I, but when I was in session, sometimes I would just feel this rush of energy come through my crown and my whole body would lunge forward and I would just yell information really fast at the person. And then I would, yeah. my human self would be like, no, I don't want to do this. And so I would pull it back and I would just kind of laugh. I'm like, oh, sorry, that wasn't me. But, you know, that was pretty good information. But mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. So... Eventually, I started getting the the message. Actually, I got a very clear message to channel in public. And at that time, I was not yet channeling Ariane. And so I started um, channeling in public, um, wow, well over a decade ago. But um, that that was what began it. And it took me a long time to become even somewhat comfortable with that. Eventually, in 2012, after maybe, let's see, that's uh, eight years of channeling publicly, um, Ariane came to me and said, we'd like you to channel us directly because our information can be very helpful to people now that you've reached this timeline of ascension. You know, we had reached a very specific timeline. And... Um, at that time, I started channeling them publicly, and it was really interesting because you get accustomed to a certain energy, like your body becomes more resonant with it. And yet even that process took years where for about three days before channeling, I could start to feel the effects. 
and now I pretty much will only feel it that same day. Because what are the effects? Well, it would vary for different people, but I felt um, kind of tired and uh, not as much clarity, like I couldn't focus as easily. Um, sometimes I would be feel a little more raw emotionally, and I started to recognize that pattern. And also during that time, sometimes I would feel their resonance or get certain messages and and um, things that started cluing me in, hey, this is, this is consistently happening, and so I would then start preparing for it. So the body becomes resonant with that energy. And Arion, the Lyrian Council of Time, is well beyond our density, and so they actually transduce through my guides and um, energies that are closer in resonance to me to be able to bring the information. And I want to kind of circle back to something that you had said earlier. Um, one thing that is very specific to them, doesn't mean they're the only ones that do it, but I have always noticed how much energy goes in between the words. Like they care less about the words that they would say and more about the energy that is uh, prevalent throughout it. And so they're not necessarily the easiest group to channel. You know, I've, I've channeled other beings that the information can flow more easily because they are mar- more concerned with the energy that flows rather than the information. And so their work here is to help us with ascension. And the reason they're called, they gave themselves the name Arion, is because they work a lot with shifting our mental energy, that's the air, the mm-hmm. AR and Arion. And then, of course, they're the Lyran Council of Time. So the EON, Eon, is time. And when they first brought ah. that name through, I, I actually complained. I was like, oh, man, really? <laughs> what if people think it's Aryan, like the Aryan nation or something? And they basically gave me the equivalent of rolling their eyes. <laughs> because, of course, it wouldn't mean that. Uh-huh. But um, they came back about a month later and said, now spell it backwards, because they had showed me, you know, this is the name we're going to use, Arion, and they showed it A-R-E-O-N. And my only reaction was like, oh. And they were saying, this is the reason why. <laughs> A-R for air, because of the uh-huh. mental focus, the subtle focus, Eon for time. And I'm like, well, yeah, but. So they came back a month later, and they said, now spell it backwards. And when you spell Arion backwards, it spells no era or no time and at that point i was like oh i get it i shouldn't complain but why not say it forward (laughs) well we do we say it forward and it spells forward they they had meaning to that and they had meaning to it spelled backwards and yet my first human reaction was fear and they just let that be and they let me sit with that and then they came back so rather than like, no, we got to prove to you, Jamie, that this is the name. They just let uh-huh. me sit with that. And then when when I was resonant, they came back. And I was actually really glad that it happened that way so that I wasn't just feeling bowled over. And this is part of their energetic. This time is about our empowerment. And while we have so much support around us from other humans, and from non-human energy, because we are part non-human energy. We are outside of this spectrum as well. Their energy is not about telling us what to do and when to do it. It is about helping us discover the power that's within us. And we get to resist things. We get to make choices. Part of that choice is made by our, our higher self, but... Any energy that is assisting you does not need to overwhelm you and lead you. They just help illuminate what's already within us. And that's what I love about their energy because when you read something that I've written or channeled they've brought through, it's very specific energy that's between those words but available in the words that Mm -hmm. if you're resonant with it, 
there is deeply empowering information, even in discovering something um, specific like um, the, the healing intent that I use, the, the depth of what's in there. To me, that's so exciting to discover something that ha- is just so available to us. Yeah, I, I love reading. I love reading your posts because you can feel the energy. What what you're saying is you can, you can really feel that energy, and I I read it so carefully just to take all that in. I we're running low on time, and I have a few more questions. So um, mm-hmm. let me just ask you a few quick questions, and then I would love to have you do some light language. Um, first of all, I want to ask you. You you live in Sedona. Sedona has. Uh, great vortex energy. Um, I'm wondering when did you move there? Does that energy affect you in any way to help you channel? Um, all of this open you up in this way? Good, good, good question. Yeah, so um, the vortices here in Sedona are because we have a lot of iron close to the surface, and um, we, that's why the rocks are red but it creates a lot of magnetic energy. And I was even sitting on a vortex one time uh, when I was visiting here, and I had a, a, mag- a compass with me. And I realized that my compass was just spinning, 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 spinning. Instead of facing north, it was spinning in circles. And I'm like, wow. So mm-hmm. the vortices are real, and it is just a natural functionality of how much iron is so close to the surface here. Um, Yet what that does, you know, we are moving as well. We have uh, a lot of iron. We have a lot of water, things that are conducive to that magnetic energy. And so it spins our energy. And what that does, just like a centrifuge would work in a lab, is it creates either more coherence or it spins things off that are a weak bond. Love is a strong bond. Fear is a weak bond. So mm-hmm. anything that is lacking is kind of brought to the surface. So that has a direct effect on your energy. Now, I began channeling and, and all of my psychic work when I lived. It started when I lived in South Carolina. It continued expanding when I lived in Los Angeles. And so I lived in a big city when I had these massive openings. Yet, when I came here, the the vortices definitely brought up more stuff for clearing. They activated more stuff. Yet, all of that can happen outside of a vortex. So, it does have an effect. It's not the end-all, be-all, because we are the real instrument. But when you move to Sedona, you first start getting a lot of looks from the people that live here. And then I realized, I asked my friend, I'm like, why do I keep getting these weird looks when people ask me how long I've lived here? And she's like, oh, that's because there's time frames. When you move here, um, you first moved here, you might make it a month. If you make it the month, you might make it three. If you make it three, you might make (laughs) it six and a year and then three years, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense because when I moved here, So much stuff came up at once, and I had spent um, five years, like that's all I did in my life was work on myself. And I certainly did not move here going, oh, I'm finished working on myself. That's, to me, as long as we're in physical, there's improvement. I still work on myself. But if I hadn't done that, I can't imagine that would have been a month. (laughs) If And luckily I had tools because I had to do so much work in the beginning, and it really stirs up your stuff. But it also activates. You know, whenever there's release going on, there's activation, and vice versa. Wow. So now we're down to our last five minutes, but I would love to have you do some light language for nice. us. Good. Good. So um, what I would like to do, I was sitting and meditating earlier, and um, I got the message to um, help us open the heart, which is Wonderful. It's a very broad term, but it's what helps create more connective and coherent energy within us. So I'm going to um, do a crystalline soul healing and light language transmission to help open the heart for your highest good. And I invite everyone to take a nice relaxing breath 
And I'm going to walk you through a quick intention so that you are stating that your highest good is what's occurring and your higher self is activating and releasing for you. It's not me doing something to you. And just see whatever you sense. Uh, Notice what you're experiencing, and that's going to show you some clues of what's releasing or activating. So a nice relaxing breath. And repeating silently or aloud, I now release all that is blocking my highest good. I activate and understand all that I need to move forward on my path with grace and ease. Sundara Sayarum Starat Eklal Jad Sarashtayarum Akatserum Bat Chayarut Sel Ni Kurum Tan Sarushtaru Tokuak Ikiarum Shukur Satirum Jad Sarashtayarum Nakarat Il M Setut Ukua Jairat seli nesturum mekurut okua. Jairasutut ni kuma het ka. Jairut sem kuaratet il estaim. Jan sarustaratek torumak arutat il narut sem stoa. Jan sarumakeratet el stairu. Tan shairut sel imshur makarut na, kor makarut na at seshteru me kielel im. Son shairu makarut dam, kan dar shairut sel im. Dairustaru nakur makam an dur makaratet isteru jal sanuku. In a shorter one, just in the interest of time, um, but I want to share a little of what I was getting. The, oh, wonderful. Um, nice. I, I was feeling actually a lot opening up in the back of the heart chakra, which is awesome because that always indicates another level of empowerment. Humans will tend to keep the back of the chakra system shut down until they are at a, a resonance with empowerment to be able to open those. Then um, I started noticing a lot of activation happening in the third eye in order to facilitate being able to perceive more love or more connection in life, more support in life, perceive new loving potentials. Um, Towards the end, I was noticing grounding, so I was feeling things moving through the legs and the feet, Um, but uh, those were the main things that I was getting during that one. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing with us. 
And I just want to say thank you so much for being my guest today, Jamie. Um, this is yes. Betsy Sawyer Galen from Ready to Heal Now. Thank you for joining us. Jamie, can you just tell us the name of your website so people can get in touch with you? Yes, it is my name, jamieprice.com, J-A-M-Y-E, Price, P-R-I-C-E, dot com. Awesome. And is there a phone number or that's just the best way to get in touch? That's the best way to get in touch. Okay. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank you so much, Betsy.